God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. And that's good to know. Yeah, God's always got your back. Now, there's a lot of ways we can have our heart broken. Probably the worst of all is a loved one's death. But what about broken hearts in relationships? We're never taught how to deal with those, are we? And that is one of the biggest obstacles we have to overcome and move forward from. When I got my heart broken, I whined for three and a half years straight. I would talk to family members and friends about it, even strangers who could care less whether I lived or died. One just came up to me and started a conversation to hit me up for bus fare. He didn't know he was going to get a whole dialogue on, Oh, how could she do this to me? I thought we had something special. The only thing that was special to her was the day that she finally got rid of me. Because she wanted to do it, no doubt, for six months. But couldn't find the words or courage to do it. Oh, well. Part of life. Hey, last week I talked about this book, Bible Promises and Principles, by Rick Hughes. He's been on the show. He, he does uh, radio, like myself, and he has like 100 stations throughout the country. Beautiful setup he's got going on. But he wrote this book, Bible Promises and Principles, and it's free, by the way, at rickhughesministries.org. And I talked about this last week, and... I love doing it because there's so much good things in that book. I decided to make a part two. Yeah, part two. So I'm going to read these stray Bible quotes uh, that do connect in this book, Bible Promises and Principles, and also the principles we'll get to, too, later on in in the show. Show. I don't like calling it a show because there's no show about it. We'll get to it later if we have time, The Principles, also by Rick Hughes. So let's get started with a quote. I have learned to be content in whatever, in whatever circumstances I am, whether in adversity or in prosperity. This reminds me of Paul when he said basically the same thing. Maybe it is that quote from Paul where, hey, he was poor as a dog and rich as a king. Either way, he knew how to handle his place. He knew what to do and what not to do in any situation, in any circumstance. So he didn't care whether he was poor or wealthy. Who cares? Yeah. Can we say the same? No, I don't think so. But you could say the same thing if you had the foundation in God. That's the difference. Paul had that foundation. That's the most important thing. Everything else is gravy, fattening gravy, I may add. Another quote, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Yeah, I like the Calvinists that people are already picked before the world began on who's going to be saved and go to heaven and who's going to be exterminated, essentially. No, no, it's up to us. It's our free will. If you seek me diligently, you will find me. God don't want anybody to burn and go south. No, doesn't want it. He wants you to come his way. So he has an open door to care for you, to be kind to you, and to love you and help you through this way of the world nonsense, for the most part, in order to get to heaven, in order to experience the kingdom of God that Jesus will lead when he comes back. 
Another quote, in God I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? Yeah, there's a quote in there. Man can kill you, but they can't take your soul. They can't kill the soul. No, they can't. A lot of good men have died in this world in the past. Do you think they'd want to do it differently if they had a chance to preserve their life down here? True heroes, if you want to use that word, or men of character and morals, don't care if they lose their life. They're going to make a stand and let the chips fall where they may because they trust God implicitly. The book says, The entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Yeah, you don't have to have a four doctorate degrees to understand the Bible. You don't. And, and if for some reason it is hard to understand, some of these Bibles are written, I think, on purpose so you don't understand it and you just throw it away. But there are so many good preachers on the Internet and in your neighborhood that can help you, that you can talk to, to get you over the hump, so to speak. So I don't care if you're a brainiac or very simple like me. You can understand. I ain't no professor. Anybody listening to the show for a number of years now knows that to be the case. Eh? I'm just a regular dude, just like you. Man or woman, don't matter. Boy or girl, learn the Word of God. The book says, I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart. I will tell of all your wonders. Now, this is important, and we forget about this. Uh, Bible words I'm not really crazy about, but they're in there, so we need to use them. We have testimonies. I know I do. Things that happen that prove in your own mind and heart that God exists and he is active down here. We need to spread these testimonies, all right, for the sake of others and to reinforce our faith at the same time. Just like Jesus performing miracles, the people forgot how great Jesus was and helpful. They forgot the miracles that he performed right in front of their face. You can't forget. Spread the word of God. Spread your testimonies. Tell your story. We're not taking calls today, but next week, call me. Tell me Tell me your story in under three minutes. <laughs> the book says, God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Now, there's a lot of ways. Uh, I already talked about that, didn't I? God heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. But it's, it's worth repeating. I don't care how brokenhearted and destroyed you are. You lost a son or a daughter, family member, even your pet. You know, hey, there is a love bond there. I don't, I'm not too sure that they have souls. I'm not sure what they have. But there's going to be animals in heaven. I'm convinced of that. Why not your pet? But if you lose something or somebody that you love and, and they love you back, that's going to break you down. It just is. How are you going to deal with that? You're going to hold on to it and create a drug problem or an alcohol problem to avoid it? No. No. You think you're the only one that's going through this crap? We all are in one degree or another, and you'll get through it. God does not test you but beyond your strength. It's all about God. And to get to God, you got to get to Jesus. Never deny or reject Jesus. Know who he is, what he said, and what he did. See him as a best friend with the best advice. I know I repeat myself, but too bad. What else we got here? Therefore, encourage one another and build up each other. Encourage. Got to encourage people. Encourage Because as you encourage others, you encourage yourself. 
Don't break them down and spread your negative depression, your cloud of blackness and doom. Nobody wants that. Keep it in your room with the doors shut and the windows closed. You know? And just wait for it to pass. Because nothing good comes from your depression. And we all get depression. Don't think you're a lunatic because you're depressed from time to time. Maybe more than your next guy. So what? Go God's way. He'll get you through it. Book says, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. The glory of God. Oh, man, I never used to talk about the glory of God. I don't even know what it meant. But you got to understand that everything you do reflects on God. And you got to give God the proper respect and honor that it's his doing. It's his plan in your life that is working and is flowering into a beautiful garden. All right? It comes from God. That's why we glorify God. We worship and praise, which means giving him the due honor and respect and being always thankful. Are you thankful? Are you sure you are? I've been on this wretched planet for 87 long, grueling years, sitting on my back porch rocking chair. I'm old, just like Biden. I forget, just like Biden. I lose my train of thought, just like Biden. But there's a couple of things I don't do. I don't grope women and girls like Biden. I don't tell weird stories about my leg hair and swimming pools like Biden. And I don't run for president when I no longer can remember what eight times seven is like Biden. He belongs in a rocking chair next to mine on the porch. I'm like an old hairy owl perched up on an even older oak tree. I can see everything from here. Hey, who's that? Young whippersnapper kid on my lawn again. Hey, you, get off my lawn. Martha, Martha. Get me my phone so I can call 911. Yeah, you on my lawn. I see you. By the way, this is Don't Bring Up Gun on WAEB 790 AM. If you want to call the show, it's 610-720-7900. I see you. Uh, funny, 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 and sadly true. Hey, uh, no calls today, but you can call next week. How's that? Is that a deal? I'm pulling quotes from the book, Bible Promises and Principles, written by Rick Hughes. Let's, let's hit some more. You do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Do you realize that? It's like poof, poof. Even our accomplishments, much of the things we do, it's poof. Nobody really cares about them. Nobody really talks about them. Nobody understands what you went through uh, to, to accomplish something or to get something done. Poof, poof. That's our whole life. Poof, like a vapor. It just goes away. You better keep that in mind, pal. Another quote, the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. There is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord will award me. Yeah. What the, uh, yeah, what do I got here? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, uh, who is that? Who said that? Uh, Paul. Yeah. I guess his uh, time was coming where he was going to die. And he was very content. He was ready to go. I finished the race. I kept the faith. Good things are awaiting me in the new kingdom when Jesus comes. He's all good. My mom and dad, when they died, they were happy to go. They were. They had a full life. They did what they had to do. They were godly people. And they were looking forward to it. My, mo my mom literally died with a smile on her face. That's how we all should be. Not afraid of death. 
You know, where are you going to be five minutes before you know you're going to die? Uh, are you going to be a basket case? Are you going to be scared? Uh, what's going to be your frame of mind? Huh? You ever think about that? Maybe you should. The book says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Which is great. I can't wait. Uh, prepare a place for me. And Jesus coming back a second time. It'll be awesome. Here's another. God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Can you imagine that? There will be no more pain of any kind, including pain in the necks, like high school teachers with whiny voices, like that one dude on South Park. Okay, uh, put, put all your books underneath your desk, okay? We're going to have a pop quiz, okay? And if I catch you cheating, you get a zero, okay? <laughs> oh, is that annoying? You know, and, and some teachers, they gave pop quizzes every week. So it really wasn't pop. It was just another expected weekly quiz that students took. And when you go to college, there's not much difference than high school. They just changed the words. The teacher is now a professor. The classroom is now the lecture hall. The test is now an exam. And instead of writing on regular paper, you write in blue books. If they even have them anymore. Yeah, they were annoying. Little blue books. They were weird. Another quote. David said, while my infant son was still alive, I fasted and wept. But now that he has died, why should I fast? Can I bring him back? No. I will go to him. He will not return to me. And that last few words is important. I will go to him. He will not return to me. You know, he's dead. He ain't coming back. But David said, I will return to him. See, let me read that again. No, I will go to him. He will not return to me. All right, let me be more specific. When Jesus is, uh, returns a second time, the dead will have risen first, okay? They will be in the sky. So I will go to him if he's still living, which he's not. A person still living on earth will go to those who have passed away and died. Uh, I think I confused that one. But I hope you get the message. But that just re, re that just reaffirms to me that we will see our loved ones in heaven. Yes, we will be with them. Some people think we're not. No, there's several places in the Bible that confirms that we will. So another thing to look forward to. I mean, how strange it would be. What are you going to, are you going to be by ourselves? No. I mean, family is family. God created that. He wants the love in a family and, and sons and daughters and the whole thing. So, yes, we will see our loved ones again. And, and we're told to comfort each other with that knowledge. Another quote from the, what's it called? Bible Promises and Principles. Yes. Another quote from there, from the Bible. Do not grieve as those who have no hope. For, it, for if we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who, through Jesus Christ, sleep. Yeah, that's pretty much what I just said. 
if you don't have faith in God, you got to resign to the fact that you're never going to see your loved one again who died. And, and, and the Bible tells us, comfort yourself and others by saying, by your belief in Jesus, you will see them again. Okay? Jesus died and rose again. And as I said, I think last week, whatever Jesus went through, we're going through. So if he died and resurrected, same with us. We're going to die and we're coming back. Oh, yeah. Another quote. And now we come to some principle. Oh, no, that's not another quote. It's the principles I'm talking about. Yeah, the book. Let me, let me see. Bible Promises and Principles written by Rick Hughes. You can get it free at rickhughesministries.org. And it has all these Bible promises in it. I read you some last week and today. But at the end, there are principles from Rick that are full of wisdom. So you know what? I'm going to read them. Yeah. Principles in life that we should live by. Because living by principle is what builds our character and what constructs our life into something worthwhile as we live out God's plan for our life. But people nowadays don't, don't understand that because they hold on to society's principles on how to live one's life like watching as much TV and internet as you can and imitate exactly what you see those stooge actors do for money. Yeah, that's wise. Don't think so. So let's look at some of these principles. Adversity is inevitable. Stress is optional. And we talked about this last week. Adversity, full of worry and stress. You know, where's that going to get you? (laughs) You can alleviate it. By the Bible. God will give you the peace and tranquility that you need. Now, are you still going to have problems? Yeah, you're going to. And situations, but you're not going to act like a lunatic this time. God will get you through any adversity. All right? That's why it says adversity is inevitable. It's coming our way, whether you're a believer or not. But the stress part is optional. If you're godless, full of stress and worry. If you're with God and you have faith and you trust, stress disappears. Poof. Another verse. Are you a risk taker or an excuse maker? Oh, the excuses that people give for everything under the sun. It's like you got to get a grip. And they're experts at excuses. And I'm talking about myself, too. I could pull an excuse why I was lazy or didn't do something I should have like a rabbit out of a hat. Oh, in fact, I have 10 excuses for every event, and then I pick the best one. Yeah, I'm the worst. Not so much now. I'm I'm, I'm much better. Thank God. So are you a risk taker, an excuse maker? Of course, we need to be the risk taker and take chances from time to time. But it's not really a chance if you're on God's side and when God's on your side. Arrogance reacts. Humility responds. Yeah, if you're arrogant, you're just going to shoot your mouth off. You ain't going to care what, what toes you step on or who you offend and who you hurt. What do you care? You're, you're an arrogant, godless person. You're going to do it your way no matter what. But if you have humility, okay, you're going to respond to situations after thinking it through, after the Holy Spirit prompts you on what to say and what not to say. It's a different ballgame when you believe. Another Pearl of Wisdom by Richard. 
As long as you are still alive, God has a plan for you. Yeah, so don't give me the excuse, once again, excuse, excuse, that you're too old. Oh, I can't do that. Too old. Oh, in my younger day, maybe. Not now. Oh, really? You think God shut the door on you and sees you as garbage just waiting to be thrown in a coffin? An oversized coffin or, a, or one that doesn't fit? Can you imagine that? You're like six foot six. They got to they gotta put you in an angle and like double you up to fit in the coffin. Has that ever happened? I think it probably did. <laughs> uh, you get kicked in the butt to the very end in a coffin that don't fit. Imagine that. So, hey, it's all up to you. You have the freedom to do the right thing. If you want to be godless, that's your choice. If you don't, then open up that Bible and experience the plan of God. And I don't care if you're uh, six years old or 90 or in your hun- or, or hundreds, whatever the number, God got a plan for your life. He can always use you in one way or another, either on a huge scale, medium scale, or a very small scale. It doesn't matter. He's using you to spread the word of God and to spread his love. Another pearl of wisdom is be patient and persistent in prayer. Yeah, persistent and patience. Yeah, the, the double P. Nobody likes to be patient. And a lot of people don't even know, don't know how to be persistent. They try once or twice. Ah, oh, that's it. Ain't going to work. Move on to something else. No. Be persistent. Make a stand. Don't move off your spot and pray on it. Okay? You'll know what to do. Another pearl of wisdom by Rick Hughes. Let's see. Christianity is a personal relationship with God. Okay? Yeah. It's not just going to church once a week. Let's see Jesus as that best friend with the best advice. And a relationship with God and Jesus is always a good relationship. You're never going to have a bad one. Like some of those dating relationships you had when you were a teenager or in your 20s, where you think it's love and it's nothing but. Let's not confuse love with lust as many of us have in the past. And there's nothing worse than unrequited love to the point where you actually tell somebody you love them and then they look at you like a deer in the headlights as if to say, man, you got to be kidding me because you're just a passing ship in the night, fella. In fact, the thought of spending forever with you makes me want to vomit. If it's a choice between you and my cat, you'd be so fast out the door, it wouldn't be funny. And this kind of thing happens more than you think, where two people get their signals crossed up, where one gets devastatingly hurt, while the other just brushes the other person off like a fly who just landed on strawberries. Uh, can you still... Once the fly gets their chaboscus into a strawberry, can you still eat it or is it contaminated? Yes, I'm one of those brainwashed, indoctrinated college kids you hear so much about. But you know what? It's not working. Because why? Well, I have half a brain and good old-fashioned common sense and morals. I'm no empty-headed follower, not just another pretty face. Oh, did I mention? Yeah, I have a pretty face. Half of my foreign professors can't speak English. Seriously, I can't understand a word of their gibberish during class. The other half 
speak only to give their biased, one-sided liberal arguments against Trump. Whatever happened to free discourse on both sides of an issue? I suppose you can get that, as long as the discussion involves transvestites, cross-dressers, and sex change operations. Don't Bring Up God is all about free discourse. Call up live at 610-720-7900 and voice your honest opinion. And don't worry, be assured your grade won't go down if you disagree with Robert. That's 610-720-7900. Yeah, you can use that number next week, not this week. We're not taking calls. No, not doing it. Uh, if you want the Don't Bring Up God podcast, just search Don't Bring Up God podcast. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. We're going through a book called Bible Promises and Principles written by Rick Hughes. We're just going through some principles. Last week we did Bible Promises. This is part two of that book, Bible Promises and Principles. And another principle he's got here is... Divine discipline is intended to get your attention. Yeah, discipline. Nobody likes discipline, even little kids, but you got to do it. It's, it's necessary for you to be shaped and molded into the person you need to become. So don't shy away from discipline. I mean, the parents don't like giving it, and the kid don't like getting it, but it has to happen. It has to occur. Same thing with God. He disciplines us in many ways throughout our life. You know, just take it and move on from it and learn from it. Don't complain. Another, don't humanize God. Again, some people put God on the witness stand like they're Joe Schmo from down the street. Are you out of your mind? We have no comprehension of God who's a spiritual being. All right? And people debate, oh, is he black? Is he green? Is he Puerto Rican? Is he white? Is it a man? Is he a man or a woman? What are you talking about? He's a spiritual being. He's not human. Get it through your skull. All right? Now, Jesus, on the other hand, was human for a time, but God at the same time. So, yeah, see Jesus as that human being walking the planet for 33 years, for sure. Yeah, personalize Jesus. That's why he came, for us to be able to relate to our spiritual side and God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Don't try to make money off of God. Well, I don't know why I'm telling the audience I should be going to all these preachers on TV and everywhere else. Some of these guys make 60 to 90 million a year. And they remind me of Judas trying to make money off of being an apostle. And they rationalize and they make excuses. More experts in excuse making. But it doesn't fly. Who they kidding? Man, nobody's kidding anything. You don't need that Rolls Royce and a jet parked in your backyard. What are you, nuts? How are you going to justify that and explain that away? Well, whatever you say, it ain't working. We're not as dumb as you think. We're not as dumb as you. Another jewel here, it says, uh, doubt is the absence of faith. Yeah, it's an invert, inverted proportion. Inverse proportion. Yeah, I learned that in math class in grade school. Higher, the faith goes high, doubt goes low. If the faith goes low, doubt goes high. So figure out what side of the seesaw you want to be on. It says in this wonderful book, every problem has a solution stated in the Bible. Yeah, the Bible is our medicine. It's a guide to live life. Not hard to figure out. Fear sees the problem. Faith sees the solution. 
Again, fear. Fear will crush you. That's why governments use it all the time. It's very effective. They can control you and make you do anything you want when you're scared out of your ever-loving mind. Get a grip. Don't fall for it, especially if this coronavirus nonsense is coming back a second time. You know, and if you fall for it, I guess you deserve what you get. Faith, that Bible, sees the solution for sure. Okay, another jewel here. Another, another. Uh, what do you call it? A principle, yeah. Get your eyes off self and on Christ. And a perfect example of that is Peter. He was walking on water. Yeah, try that on in your bathtub or somewhere. Yeah, you ain't going to do it. But Peter did. God allowed it. And then all of a sudden, Peter started worrying about the storm and the wind and the rain. And he started looking around. He kept his eyes off Jesus for, for a couple moments, began to sink. <laughs> and then Jesus pulled him out of the water and saved his life, apparently. But, yeah, keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Because if you don't, you're going to fade away into oblivion. You're, you're going to fall. You're going to sin more and more. And you're going to pay penalties. It ain't going to be pretty. All right? God answers prayers in his timing, not yours. Timing. Timing again. If we were just patient and trusted in God's timing, not one second earlier, not one second later of something good coming or some kind of event taking place, if you trusted his timing, there would you would have so much less aggravation in your life. The worry and the stress and the panic, it would go away. Trust God. Okay, and, and, the, and the way you trust God is to know more about him. Read the Bible. Just open it up. Start reading anywhere. I would recommend the, uh, the New Testament. And uh, in the Old Testament, I would recommend Proverbs or Psalms. But all of it's good. You know, pray to God to direct you. Another principle. God uses prepared Christians. Prepared that's a huge word because most people want to become active and do what they want to do immediately without being prepared. That's ridiculous. Christians definitely have to be prepared and trained. Just like an athlete who practices day and night to get better in order to start on the football team. Although some kids practice day and night only to seemingly get worse and worse at their athletic craft. I guess some people have it and some people don't. There, there may be some six-foot-six stud of a man chiseled at a stone who's incredibly coordinated. But on the other hand, you may have a five-foot-seven guy who can't put one foot in front of the other without falling. Which one were you? Hey, you can't fight genetics. Sometimes you just got to accept the fact that you're a clod. Another principle. God wants you to be faithful, not flawless. Okay, we're not perfect. When you sin and when you do something you shouldn't have done, don't go back to square one and throw out the Bible and say, I'm a loser, I can't do this. Well, number one, we can't do this without the power of the Holy Spirit. But we still make mistakes and sin. And if you're a true believer in God, you sinning is going to bother you. And you're going you're to go immediately and ask God to forgive you and to give you the power to move on without sinning in the future. Now, if you're godless, you're going to sin and not care. You're going to pursue sinning. But when you become a servant of God, everything changes. Your main objectives are not to sin and take part in debauchery, that Bible word. 
Okay? Your whole frame of mind changes. And God understand that, understands that, and God knows it. God is infallible. We are fallible. Including the Pope, I hate to break it to you, but I don't got time for that. Hey, God's plan is perfect, and his timing is perfect. Yeah, the timing, we talked about that. And this perfection thing, that, that word's throughout the Bible also. I always say, thank you, Lord, for your perfect, purposeful, powerful, prepared, promised plan. That's what God has for all of us. You need to get into that. You do. Here's one that I laughed at when I read it. Gritching doesn't glorify God. Okay, gritching. How many people out there know what gritching is? That's got to be a down south Alabama word. Gritching. I like it, but I never heard it before. Gritching. Hey, stop gritching. I've never heard it in TV, movies, people. I've been down south here and there, never heard the word gritching. I'm going to have to ask Rich about that. Rick, Rick, Rick Hughes. I'm going to have to ask him about that. Gritching. And that obviously means complaining. Complaining doesn't glorify God. And I got to work on that. I complain and moan still too much. And every time you do that, you're basically telling God, hey, what you got for me right now, I don't approve of. I don't like. And I don't even trust it. You know? If you trust every move of God, you wouldn't complain. That's the bottom line. What are you complaining about? And who are you complaining to? First of all, no human being wants to hear it. Everybody's got their problems. They're going to listen to you complain and whine like a little schoolgirl or schoolboy. Gritching. Uh, I'm going to have to ask him. You're definitely gritch. Hey, uh, board guy, stop your gritching back there. Yeah. I just put him in his place, didn't I? <laughs> another pearl of wisdom here. Another principle. Have an attitude of gratitude. Yeah, it even rhymes. Attitude of gratitude. Your attitude is everything. And when you become born again, which that term was overused years ago, I didn't like it, but it is in the Bible, born again. It gives you a new attitude. Yeah, learn about it. You'll, you'll, you'll get it. You'll make it. Having money just gives you the ability to be miserable in a different part of, of town. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And it's so true. Oh, I got to move to here and there and everywhere. Well, you know, sometimes it's good. You know, all the power to you. But I hope you're not running away from yourself. Seriously. If you're miserable here, you're going to be miserable there. It's just the way it is. If you're happy here, you'll be happy there. We usually learn the hard way, don't we? But as long as you learn, okay? Another principle. Holding on to the past is a waste of time. I hope we learn that quickly for all our sakes. Because when, you, when you're locked up in the past... You become totally stagnant. Have you ever met anybody who just keeps up bringing the past? Every time you get together, at every conversation, it's the same old stories. Does he forget that he told you this a thousand times before? If you're still trafficking in, in the past, that means that you have absolutely no present and future to speak of. Stop reliving your glory days, which probably weren't that glorious if you really looked at it as uh, you, you most likely change the facts of an event to your advantage. Just let it go. Especially because we don't know if your recount of the past is accurate. You're doctoring it. 
knowing most people, that's the way they do it. They fudge and forge and 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 add falsehoods to their past stories. Yeah, we don't believe you. So just let it go for all our sakes. Could you do that? Do us a favor. Let go of the past. Glory days. Glory days. Bruce Springsteen, right? Human helplessness versus divine enablement. Yeah. Yeah. Helplessness. Uh, we, we need to give hope to the hopeless, which the Bible says, okay? Helplessness, and people say God helps those who help themselves, but not necessarily. God gives hope to the hopeless, and he helps people that are defenseless and without a clue and nowhere to go. That's the idea of Jesus helping, saving, and rescuing us. That's why we call him the Savior. If we knew what to do, and if we weren't helpless, we wouldn't need Jesus, now would we? If you are not advancing, you are regressing. Yeah, it's one or the other. Take your pick. If you don't arm your soul with the Word of God, you are a sitting duck in the angelic conflict. Your soul again. Yeah, if you have a spiritual side to you, you got to go God's way and open up the Bible. Let me ask you, when was the last time you opened up the Bible? To all those who would take God away, up your giggy! Who would take our freedom away, up your giggy! And to all those who would take our guns away, up your giggy! We here at Don't Bring Up God on WAEB believe in positive change, but not changing from good to bad or godly to evil. No, that's unacceptable, and we will fight back on it. Show to all those who would attempt to brainwash us and to silence us and to establish socialism, we all say, Up your giggy! Okay, let's for for all those people that don't read the Bible much, I'm just throwing out stray quotes from the Bible. And here's some more. Where am I? Let's see here. Learn and then apply the word of God and glorify Jesus Christ. Yeah, you got to apply it. You got to you got to walk the walk. Man looks on the outside, God looks on the inside. Yeah, it's a matter of your heart. What's your heart like? Outward appearance is so fragile and fleeting as we know especially when you're in your 60s patient patience is a learned character asset yeah just because you don't like it you got to do it anyway stay off the my way highway i like that everybody has a my way highway yeah i just listen to myself nobody else i take no advice or help uh you know i'm self-sufficient i don't need an outside source oh really is that what you think well, you continue to be so stubborn and see what happens. But when you do hit the wall, God's waiting for you. Jesus Christ is waiting for you with open arms. Read that book, The My Way Highway. And speaking of highways, some drivers should stay off them entirely, the highways, because they don't know how to work them. To drift seamlessly in and out of traffic onto or off exits, some people just don't know how to do it. They got to stop and start and quickly jut out to the left or jut to the right. It doesn't work that way. If you're 30 or 40 years old and you still have close calls on the highway, then it's time for you to get off. Because if you don't know how to do it by now, you're never going to get it. Thinking everyone else is the problem? No, it's you. 
No, no matter how often you shoot the finger at other cars, it's you. So do everybody a favor and stay off the highways before you cause a 12-car pileup where you yourself end up in a hospital with your liver on a stick. More principles. Testing often. Did I say I'm reading verses? No, these are principles uh, from Rich from that book I mentioned earlier. Okay, testing often comes in your area of weakness. Right. We're all tested. Don't shy away from it. The Lord delivers you throughout through adversity. Let me start again. The Lord delivers you through adversity, not necessarily from adversity. Absolutely true. We all know that. The peace of God is reflected in your life by tranquility. Yeah, relax. But then some people don't like peace. They like the turmoil and trouble. Well, live by the sword, die by the sword. You got to be careful. The prevailing power of persistent prayer is undeniable and awesome. You got to pray. The rate of learning must exceed the rate of forgetting. Okay, yeah. When you get older, you do forget more and more. So refresh yourself and continue to learn more things that you weren't aware of. The Word of God is a mirror reflecting your life back to you. Yeah, the Word of God does reflect who you are. And as you get closer to God, you see more your past sins. You think, oh, I'm okay. You know, I didn't kill anybody. Oh, really? You sinned all over the place, and you'll see it the closer you get to God. That's why nobody's good. The Word of God is a sedative for anxiety. We can all agree with that by now, can't we? It's the only way to achieve peace. Oh, you know. Uh, otherwise, you got those good old boys, friends of yours, anxiety and stress at your door knocking to get in. Two things that you can't hide, because if you have them, anxiety and stress, then that's how you look. With your eyes rolling around in your head, your hair disheveled, your clothes unwashed, and not matching no less. And you probably smoke a lot. And worst of all, you may take anti-anxiety pills that many times makes your situation worse, which many times is like pouring gasoline on the fire. You, you may also have a nervous twitch in your eye or have to have your jittery hands or feet moving all the time in some kind of repetitive shaking motion. Is that you? Man, tell me that's not annoying and a dead giveaway. Let's see, another pearl of wisdom we got here. There is no adversity too great for the plan of God. Yeah, you, we, we won't be tested beyond our strength. Three checkpoints for knowing the directive will of God. Number one, where does God want me to be? Where does God want me to, th- want me to think? And what does God want me to do? Yeah, it will, be, it will be explained to you through the words of the Bible, in most likely in that direction, or from a fellow Christian. But you will find out, and you will be sure, on the will of God for your life. And you'll be happy about it. Speaking of happy, unhappy people take their unhappiness with them wherever they go. Yeah, I talked about that a little earlier. If you're, if you're happy, you'll be happy somewhere else and vice versa. Vi- vice versa. Is that, is that the right way? What God thinks of you is what counts, not the opinion of others. Oh, man. Do you worry about what people think of you? Seriously? 
Well, that's your first and last mistake. You got you got to stop doing that. It's what God thinks of you. That's the only thing that matters. Worry is assuming unassigned responsibilities. Yeah, worry. Again, absence of faith. Nobody's asking you to worry. It's beyond your control. Let it go. You don't control the thousands of variables attached to every event in life. Do yourself a favor. Relax. You are a divinely appointed influencer. Yeah, all of us, to one degree or another, are called to be a witness, servant, and ambassador of the Lord. Here's another principle. You're either serving God or you are serving Satan at any given moment. There's no in-between. There's no lukewarm. It's one or the other. Just like you're either overweight or you're not. It's one or the other. Don't tell me it's your clothes that make you heavy. Don't tell me that you're big boned because nobody's buying it. And why is it, now that I'm thinking about this, why is it for some reason it seems that heavy people wear tighter clothes? Why is that? I guess they think they look thinner when the fat is condensed as opposed to loose and jiggly. Is that the strategy? Hey, we need to look in the mirror and see what's really there. And this sounds like an easy thing to do, but many times it's not. Because, for example, an anorexic woman may see her image as fat. And a huge neurotic bodybuilder may see himself in the mirror as a 90-pound weakling. Yeah, the eyes can play tricks on you when you're consumed with control. And when your pride, vanity, and ego come into the picture. Because you see distortions of yourself that are just not there. You got to be careful. Another principle, you are never alone. And that is so true. There's a song, uh, Hallelujah. You've heard that uh, before I played it on this show. And one of the lines, it says, I lived alone before I met you. Speaking of Jesus, I lived alone before I met you. And that is so true. You want a cure for your loneliness and being alone all the time? Read that Bible and understand who Jesus is, what he said, and what he did. You'll never be alone again on this earth. And that's true. Let's see if I can get a couple more in here. You are not called to clean up the devil's world. You are called to represent Jesus Christ. Yeah. Don't try to be a hero or a martyr. I mean, maybe sometimes you are, but don't, don't put that as the task to accomplish. Okay, just represent Jesus Christ and let the chips fall where they may. Another one. You can't know the will of God apart from the word of God. Does that make sense? You got to understand God first and foremost, and then he'll take over the controls. We'll show you. There are no accidents in the plan of God. Yeah, no luck and no coincidences. Let's see one more here. There is no shortcut to learning the Word of God. Yeah, uh, somebody told me a while ago, but a while ago, years ago, that the shortest distance, no, I'm sorry, the longest distance between two points is a shortcut. Because you take this shortcut, and oh, I got a better way to do it, it's a shortcut, and it ends up foiling, and it, 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 you end up spending more time doing something than if you would have just done it right the first time. Yeah, that is so true. Wisdom, pearls of wisdom, principles the longest distance between two points is a shortcut and that's why it says there is no shortcut to learning the word of god don't take the shortcut you're shortchanging yourself why would you do that 
Spend the necessary time. You're in, you you got nowhere else to go. Stop stop making it on like you got some important place to go. You don't. Relax. There's nothing more important than learning the word of God and ending up in heaven one day. Yeah, get it through your head. Keep repeating that to yourself until you understand that. What do you think? So last week and this week, last week was part one. This week was part two of the book that Rick Hughes wrote. It's called Bible Promises and Principles. And I'm going to tell you guys once again, this book is free. Yeah, what's free anymore? And if it's free, it's a trap. They're going to... They're gonna, they're going to shank you one way or the other. But not not Rick. He ain't going to shank you. No shanking going on. He's got this book, Bible Promises and Principles. And if you want to get it for free, it, it's awesome. It, it, just go to rickhughesministries.org. rickhughesministries.org. And he's got a bunch of books there to select from. Oh, sure he does. And as I said, he's on 100 stations across the country. Every Sunday morning. I believe he's in Reading somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, he's a good man. Uh, he taught me a lot. Uh, I respect him. And uh, he's very sincere. He wants you to know as much as, as, much as he knows. All right? And he, there's no selfishness there whatsoever. And that's a, that's a great helping soul. That's what we all need to do. We need to help others. And sometimes, if not all the time, but definitely sometimes put others ahead of yourself. Yeah, you know, you used to be number one on the list. Well, put yourself on the bottom. Put yourself number 11 or 12, or maybe not even on the list altogether. Ah, just get an eraser. Get your name off that list. You know, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, Bible, that's, dumb, that's number one, and all the rest follow after that. Your loved ones, friends, strangers, and so forth. And as far as... Uh, God and, and, and Jesus, the Holy Spirit in the Bible. Remember, I always say God, well, it's in the Bible. I don't say it. God draws us to him. All right. Jesus leads us to him. And the Holy Spirit prompts us to do the right thing and to avoid the wrong thing. And the Bible teaches us. It's very simple. Uh, there's nothing really much to it. Once you understand, there's, there's no mystery here. You don't got to do cartwheels to understand Jesus and to know him and to have the security of your faith. All right? Okay. All roads lead back to God. Tyler, we love you. We'll see you again. Yeah. Open up. Let me in.